Witchy and Weird Podcast. Hello, 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 Witchy and Weird people. Um, I am here for another solo episode. And I was thinking to myself, usually I have like tons of ideas for episodes I want to do. And I was kind of like, what should I say? And then I was intuitively drawn to my Lemurian quartz crystal and I decided I was going to meditate with it and see what it what it wanted to share with you all so in case you didn't you've never heard of a Lemurian quartz crystal they basically have these like bands on the side of them and they're supposed to be like kind of like information that's stored in it and you can rub your Lemurian quartz crystal towards the tip and it will turn it on and activate it and then you can like glean the information that's stored in this crystal and yes it does have to do with Lemuria and the Lemurian race or aliens however you think about them so it's like tapping into their knowledge which is also like I love I think I'm gonna do an episode on aliens soon but I love working with aliens (laughs) over deities so that's where I'm at um but before we dive in I just wanted to talk about the uh patron tiers and what it is what it looks like because there were some changes that I made recently so there's three current tiers if you do want to become a patron it basically helps support me so that I can keep making more episodes And if we get a certain amount of patrons, then I can get rid of the ads because the ads are helping make me money so that I can keep doing this. But anyways, the first tier is Baby Witch. And that one, you get access to exclusive patron posts and episodes. So I put out one I think it's two. I'm going to step it up to two. Yeah, that's what I put for the new one. Two episodes for that are exclusive for patrons every month. Um, when I start doing like shows and things, you would get early ticket access. You get a shout out on the podcast. And then the next tier, you get everything in the first tier. And that one is called The Rising Witch. And in that one, you get 15% off all merch, which I created some merch. I'm just finding the right place to sell it. I think it'll be through our Patreon page. Um, And then you'll get a monthly shadow work prompt that is intuitively downloaded for me. And it'll be a PDF and you can have access to that. And then the last tier is Coven Creator. And that one, you get everything in the other two. And then you, I'll be doing monthly group spells um, that kind of coincide with the shadow work prompts. So you'll just get like that extra boost um, because I'll be doing spells for every, like a spell for everybody to help them with the theme of the month. Um, and all that will be communicated in the Patreon like platform. You can like make posts and messages and stuff. So The price for Baby Witch is $5 a month. Rising Witch will be $11 a month. And Coven Creator is $22. So if you're interested in supporting me and supporting the podcast, I would greatly appreciate it. And if you have any other ways that you would love to interact with me um, through Patreon, like please let me know. I'm open to suggestions. Like I said, I kind of changed it already based off of how the vibe was going. Um, but I'm just really excited for that opportunity and I really want to make merch like a thing that like everybody can buy. It's not going to be only for patrons, but I'm really excited to do that because I love creating art. Um, but oh, I forgot to mention in the Coven Creator, you get 20% off merch and in Rising Witch, you get 15% off merch. So good discounts. Anyways, so let's get back to the episode. (laughs) Um... So what came through when I was meditating with my Lemurian courts was very interesting. So I'm just going to kind of like tell it as the story, as it unfolded. So basically, I sat down and I got ready for meditation. I was holding it up to my third eye, the Lemurian courts that I have. And I basically asked, what topic should I share with the masses? 
And then I found myself immediately like correcting my word choice for my question um, because I felt like I needed to be like softer and nicer that the term like the masses was like very like, I don't know, it just felt like negative to me. And I changed my question to be, what should I share with my beautiful and loving community? And this, uh, I don't know if this happens to you, but this happens to me often where I say something in my head or out loud and then I find myself correcting my natural word choice or tone because I want to be perceived as a different way. And the Lemurian courts immediately picked up on this and was like, you don't have to like change who you are and water yourself down to be more palatable. And they like showed me that this is definitely a program, right, that I'm running. But they specifically pointed out that it came from like the online spiritual community or like the love and light new age spiritual community Um that I I said that word and then I was like oh oh my god like people are that's rude like people you know I need to focus on like what I, the beautiful and loving community that I do have and they were saying like if that's your authentic self like if you want to say like what should I share with the masses with like this very like potent and powerful like villain energy then do that be that like be who you are and so they kind of pointed out like different ways that we might fall prey to these like really small examples and programs of watering ourselves down, you know, like pick, pick your poison, right? Is it watering yourself down, turning yourself like all the way up because people say you're too shy or, you know, like there's so many different ways that we learn from our surroundings, how we should be instead of, having surroundings that inspire us and make us feel safe and support us to be who we actually are, right? To, to celebrate our uniqueness. So that was something that they really pointed out. And, and I think that it's really important because we do do, most of us do shadow work who listen to this, right? And we are working on healing our trauma and our programming. That's like a huge thing on this podcast. But sometimes we overlook like the smaller ways in which we create a space to modify our authenticity, right? So what I mean by this is like, yeah, we can see large memories, big triggering moments in our life that have shown us that we can't be the way that we are. But usually when we're talking about practicing any kind of craft, we usually say like, start small, right? Like practice every day a little bit, like just keep going until it gets better. And even when I'm talking with my clients and probably I've said it on the podcast before, like when we're training our intuition, when we're unlearning things, we start with like smaller, like learning how to trust your intuition. You start with smaller things that make it easier to build that memory in your body, that response in your muscles, the like new synapse path in your brain to how you can do this so that when it comes to bigger things, we feel like, oh, I've done this before. I, there feel, this feels like safer territory, like instead of just going from zero to 60, right? So these smaller ways that I, even in my own head, when I'm meditating, I'm not even speaking to anybody, but I'm already like censoring myself, essentially. That kind of shows the larger issue of, you know, not being okay with who I actually am and feeling like I'm too evil, I'm too villainesque, I'm too much, I'm too intimidating, whatever it is, right? And in these smaller moments that it can show, like if we slow down to really think about these smaller things, it can show us so much about ourselves. Because once I saw that, I saw how this pattern is perpetuated in many different aspects of my life and how throughout my life I've heard and been told from many different people and society and other things that I can't be me, right? In so many different ways. But I think that it was just something for that I needed and obviously like to be shared with you all <laughs> um, that these smaller things deserve our attention and they deserve that, that space to look at critically and maybe just even observe um, 
non-judgmentally so that we can make those when we make those smaller changes, it's going to add up to bigger changes, right? So now if I'm committing to being authentic and not changing my words, um, then I'm going to feel better when I post things, when I say things, when I write things. And even in my head, like I'm going to feel like even my head is a safe space for myself that's not being censored. And that will help me to you know, add up to the larger thing of being safe to be exactly who I am and to be authentic. So I really wanted to point that out to think about like ways in which society and specifically the spiritual community has shown us like, you can't be who you are. And, you know, like, unfortunately, if you're like a female bodied person, you, you've grown up, you're to this, be to, you know, like be softer, be more feminine, be this. And like, if you're a male bodied person, when you were growing up, like, you're probably conditioned like, oh, like, don't be emotional, don't be this, you know, like toughen up. So there's definitely like regular societal conditioning around this. And like, me as a person, I have tons of fire energy. So I'm a very blunt person. And I come in and people are like, oh, you're intimidating, you're too loud, you talk too much, like that, you know, like my, my point of view often gets mistaken for being mean or rude, just because I'm not afraid to say the thing that I know will lead to the most change for that person or will point out, you know, I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat it for you. So there's tons of different ways about like who I am that I started to see like, oh my goodness, like this, this over time, like I've seen that I've changed this. And then coming into the spiritual community, especially being a leader in that community, I definitely have, you know, we all want to be liked, we all want to be taken seriously and, and all that stuff. So it's like that fear of like, if I show up who I actually am, as who I actually am, then like, will people accept me or will they reject me? And I think that this is where like this idea of the villain kind of came in. And I kind of I want to spend the rest of the episode like talking about like what we can learn from being perceived as the villain. And and when I say villain, I'm mostly referring to like comic books or like cartoon movies or like media and things. Definitely not like the government and politics, but some of these things can be applicable in those spaces. So I basically want to take a step back. <laughs> basically, what I'm saying is what can we learn from being perceived as a villain? First of all, what are thinking about what your definition of a villain is, right? And that's why I defined it by saying, like, I'm talking more about, like, cartoons, comic books, movies, and things like that. Like, especially, like, I'm feeling more, like, superhero vibes or, like, Disney cartoons and things like that. Because, in my opinion, they're more boiled down to be more pure in terms of, like, they only have one intention. We, are cl- we clearly know what that is. And we clearly see how they react. They're, like, the um what is the term uh they're like the most exaggerated version of these like personality traits and things like that so it's easier to analyze them um they're not as like fully well-rounded as you know like human regular human real human people are um so it's a little bit easier to point out these things so um in terms of being the villain, the first thing that came up when I was talking with my Lemurian courts, Crystal, um, was that there's this idea of balance of yin and yang energies. We've talked about this many times on the podcast. If you've listened to the patron exclusive episode, I have like a whole podcast about like light and dark, feminine, masculine, yin and yang, right? So the way that they showed it to me was like, the villain is that balance. It can be hero and villain, right? Like the struggle between good and evil. And I don't really believe in like good and evil. So that's why I like this metaphor for like hero and villain, because it's not really that the villain is evil or bad in in what I'm referring to and what we're going to be talking about. Um, It's more so that it's like the balance of push and pull of energy that, that is needed for balance, right? So if we have too much of the hero, I guess like you'll kind of see what I'm talking about in terms of this example. Most times when we have like when we see in movies and comics, the hero is motivated by something, right? The hero is pushed or pulled 
or has a vendetta, wants to get revenge, wants to prove something, wants to save somebody. They're motivated by something and that's usually brought on by the villain, right? So the villains in our lives can show us like where the growth needs to be, where we need to step up and like be our full selves, where we need to stop being afraid and and holding ourselves back and push through to have these large changes, these, you know, whatever you want to, you know, insert whatever, like save the person, save the town, save the city, you know, grow and realize that they can be powerful and things like that. So the villain is kind of like, I see it as like this yin and yang energy of there, they can be a motivator, they can be the person that points that out for you, they can be the person that sets that example for you. Um, And, you know, a lot of the time people try and talk about like the perspective of, your trauma and the people that have caused that trauma can be like our greatest teachers. Um, Definitely, I don't agree with the belief to like forgive your abuser or person who's caused you trauma, like not that far, but more so like this was a growth opportunity for me. This was a space that I learned under pressure, under under survival, under whatever it is. And that could be years later that you learn it. But you learn that you're you're tough. You made it through it. You learn that you could stand up for yourself, that, you know, different things that you can learn from that. Like I always talk about um, my mother and how my childhood was very traumatic. But now that I'm like learning and healing and, and working through this stuff for my own inner child so that they can feel safe and loved and supported, I see like when I look back that like, it showed me how strong I was. It showed me like what I was meant to learn in this lifetime. I went through this more traumatic childhood because I was meant to be right here to share these things with you, right? Like I was strong enough to get through this. So definitely the villain can be a space of growth for us, like a mirror of growth, right? A mirror of motivation, a mirror of whatever you need. Um, They can point out those things that inside of us we want to heal or that we didn't feel like we had. Um, And like I said, I'm not talking about like taking this literally and having you go out there and just be like really shitty to people. I'm just saying that this is an energy, right? A yin and yang. I see it as like an energy that we can embody for other people or for ourselves. Um, So in terms of like viewing yourself as the villain, like how I did, I was like, oh my God, that word choice that I picked using the term masses feels like so villain, like I'm taking over the world, right? Like the masses and stuff like that felt very like a negative connotation for me. But maybe that's like my natural unique energy, right? Like not everybody responds like as a spiritual leader, as a as a witch leader, as a someone who works with people to help them heal, like any kind of shadow worker, spirit worker, like healer, whatever term you want to use, um, like there's something for everyone. They always say like, be you and you're going to attract your dream clients, your dream people. And that goes for everything, not just business people, right? And it's just the idea that like, somebody might not resonate with this really soft and supportive and loving energy. And somebody might need that type of energy only for one aspect. And maybe for another aspect, they need motivating, like stark, blunt, hard energy, fiery energy, like really intense energy to like light the fire under their ass or to like point point out that they were sleeping on themselves and they really need to put, you know, step their pussy up and like get into it right like so this is this is just understanding that like not everybody is one fits into one category not everybody wants to learn from one category not everybody wants to like responds and reacts to one category like I like to think about like spirit guides like what's the tone and the vibe that your spirit guides talk to you as I have a client whose spirit guides are just like no you need to do this right now like this is not how it is like because they know that she's gonna react in that way. And like, she hates it. She's like, why are they like this? But if they were like, Hey, sweetie, um, are you going to do this thing? Like she probably wouldn't listen to them. So it's just about understanding like your needs and what can motivate you and understanding that everybody's different and people can respond differently to different things. And they might need for different areas of their life, different times in their life, different kind of support. 
um, and a different kind of energy. Um, and then the next thing that came up was a little bit like extending off of this is how we're all like this belief that we're all just mirrors for other people. And if we, like I talked about this before, if you recognize, you know, beauty in somebody else or strength in someone else or whatever it is, that means that, you know, you already have that within you. And it's kind of like mirroring that back to you. Um, And sometimes like in, in order to dig deep and to understand the work that needs to be done or the piece of us that needs to be amplified or tapped into or where we were having our rose tinted glasses on or blocking ourselves, whatever it may be, we might need that kind of energy to trigger us, right? So I don't mean trigger, like I said, not in the, like not going out and hurting people's feelings and like causing trauma and stuff, but more so like how I was saying, we don't always need soft, gentle, loving, supporting energy. Sometimes we need somebody that is brave enough and strong enough to say the hard thing, to say the thing that nobody was saying, that everybody was thinking, to be blunt with their opinions and their point of view. And, you know, like this work isn't easy. It's going to be hard, but we're going to get through it instead of like, oh, you'll be fine. It's going to be great. You know, I'll support you. Like those are two different types of people. And that's two different energies that you may or may not want to work with. And so sometimes we need somebody to like trigger us in order to snap us into this like mind frame. Um, I know a lot of people post saying like, I only work with people that trigger me because when you get triggered by something, we've talked about this before too, like your triggers are your treasures, right? They show you where there is room for growth, where the healing can be. So what, what we can be maybe instead of thinking I need to be the most supportive, gentle, loving person, maybe like my personality, like what I'm meant to be in this earth or for a certain amount of people, my ideal client or my friends and my family, whoever is like somebody who triggers them, who like tells them like, yo, like this thing needs to be healed. This is a priority. And they're like, oh, like this is too much because like I'm being faced to like, you know, get, um, face my blocks, face my fears, face my resistance, right? When we're, when we feel triggered by someone, it's basically a resistance to it. And when we have resistance to something, that's like a huge like flag for us to, to know that that's where the healing is. That's where the work is. I wouldn't be feeling some type of way by this if I didn't have an emotional connection, a traumatic connection to whatever is going on. So being the villain, you can like, be that person for somebody else. You can be that trigger that pushes them to work through their thing, to work with you, to work through their thing, to understand or to bring to light something that they were holding on to and they and they didn't acknowledge. So I really love like that point of view. And like real life examples, if it's not like business, it could be, you know, like twin flames. Like there's a misconception that twin flames are like the other half of your soul we have there's a whole other podcast episode on that if you (laughs) if you want to dive into that but um basically like your twin flame is is the ultimate mirror for you they're there to show you where your biggest areas of growth are um you know any shitty situation that we go through we always like i always try to adopt the you know mentality of like what can i learn from this right there's a reason i'm going through this and i'm a three-fifths manifesting generator and so uh, as a line three that's the martyr like that's literally how I have to go through life is I have to try it and experience it in order to come to the conclusion so a huge part of my life is trying everything and not always succeeding but either like just being okay with if I failed I still learned and if I succeeded I still learned so it's like that each situation could be a trigger for us, could be a villain for us, might be feel shitty, at the, you know, during the time that it was happening, going through it and even afterwards, but it can show us and teach us so many things that that's really what all life is. It's all mirrors. It's all helping us become better. And whether or not we want to look at it and listen to it and learn from it, that's our choice as humans, right? But um, that's kind of like the real life examples of what I'm talking about in terms of like villain energy. Um, and sometimes like we can be that for other people without even knowing it. Like I've had people tell me like I had to take a break from your account because 
you were just triggering me so much with all these like healing posts that you were, you know, sharing about like healing your inner child and healing your trauma and your programming. Like that's, that's a good in- indication for that person. Like that's where I'm having a lot of resistance and where I need to work on this. And I wasn't intending to be the villain, right? Like they didn't see it as a bad thing. I was just in my, in this metaphor, embracing the villain energy of just being myself and sharing what I thought was important and what I think my community on social media would benefit from. And that was like the villain energy that that person needed to show them like, whoa, this is a lot. Like, I think I need to take some time and deal, deal with this and work with this. Um, So that, I love that kind of like mentality of like, I can be me, I can be fully authentically me and it might rub people, some people the wrong way, but it can also like help people and show people and be like that, like really strong pillar example of what life could be, what could be healed, what like all the positives that can come from sometimes being a triggering individual. Um, and you'll, when you think about it, there might be people that come to mind that are triggering for you, um, or you have resistance to them. You don't like them because they irk you. There's usually some piece of that reasoning that it's something that you have yourself, or you were told when you were little that you hate now and you just can't stand to look at it. Like that's where the healing is, sweetie, you know, like, (laughs) um, so I'm going to take a break. And then when I come back, we're going to talk about the second half. Hello, I'm back. (laughs) And there's actually one part from one thing from the first part that I thought I mentioned, but I didn't because I jumped ahead and I got really excited about the hero villain yin and yang. Um, So with the idea of the hero and the villain, we talked about how the villain can be the biggest motivator for the hero to step up to the plate. But the other thing that um, I heard from the Lemurian Quartz Crystal was this idea that if we come to somebody as the hero, it kind of reminds me of like this real life thing of the bystander effect, which is basically like when somebody's being hurt in public or you hear like somebody needs help, right? Um, And there's like more than one person there that people will just like walk by as a bystander and be like, oh, there's tons of other people here. So one of these people will likely help that person, right? And so they just keep going on their way. And basically what happens is like this person is needing help and nobody ever helps them because everybody has the same thought of like, oh, one of those other people that's there will help. So this is kind of like what I was seeing when it was if we approach somebody as a hero or like a guide, like a like a Gandalf wizard type of figure um, or like a hero, like I'm a hero They're They're going to be like, oh, good. Like somebody else is already doing the work. And somebody else is already taking care of it, right? So like, oh, that's good. Somebody else is finding healing. So they're going to help tons of people by finding healing. I I don't need to do that. I don't need to step up to the plate. Um, And so that kind of felt like that can happen if if we're showing up as the hero all the time. But when you think about a villain, if a villain comes on the scene, like, I just went, oh, something else popped into my head right now. And like the, the visual of like, um, any kind of comic book movie, or if you read comic books, you f- you see like this pl- this pan out, this bystander effect kind of pan out. It's like now that we have a hero, like a Spider Man or a Batman, um, I don't need to worry about it. They're always like, there's those, you know, they do those like weird um dimensions or whatever movies where it's like there's no Batman and everyone's like who's gonna save us now like I can't do anything I'm helpless without Batman it's like kind of it can turn into that kind of mentality of like there's only one hero that can do this but if you appear as the villain the villain is the motivator for the hero in most of these stories right so if you appear as a villain you can motivate thousands of people to step up to the plate to destroy you right Um, And that's in like the larger metaphor of this. But what it could mean is like if you show up as someone who is in their villain energy that is pointing out things that need to be fixed or you're an opposer, a mirror, a trigger for somebody, then you can motivate them to like step up to the plate and become their own hero. Instead of approaching them as a hero, it's harder to motivate somebody else to be a hero when they're when you're coming at them as a hero. Hopefully that makes sense. But that's kind of like the visual that I saw. Um, and it just, 
I know that there's both ways. Both can work. I'm not saying, oh, this is the only one. I'm just, we're having a thought experiment. You know, that's what this podcast is. I'm talking about intuitive downloads that come through um, and what we can learn from them. So the second part of being and embracing villain energy uh, for me is really fun. Um, It's basically like when you think about villains in like comic books or superhero movies or things like that, like the biggest example, like I love Batman. That's my favorite like universe. I don't love Batman, like the actual character. He's not like as the character, he's not my favorite superhero. But I love the Batman universe. It's my favorite. Like, I love the villains in the Batman universe a lot. Um, I'm actually, as you can tell, a villain person, right? Um, <laughs> um, so whenever I was, when this download came through, I was thinking, like, I immediately saw, like, this visual of, like, the Joker, right? And so the Joker, and we're not talking about, like, the weird new new age Joker one that, like, the solo movie or, like, the Jared Leto one. Like, I'm just talking about, like, the Heath Ledger Joker, the Jack Nicholson Joker, the comic book Joker, the animated series Joker, whichever version you identify with. Hopefully, you know, just pick any villain from comic books or superhero movies that you know, right? Um, they, like they are so unequivocally and unapologetically themselves, right? They don't let anybody like stand in their way, tell them that they're not cool, tell them that they're not this, they're too much this, they're too, like people will like literally try and kill them and put them in prison and and all these things. And they just like stay their course. And I think that for a lot of like, that's why I was saying it's important in this episode to challenge your, definition or perception of villains because a lot of the metaphor that they say is like these people are crazy or they're unhinged or whatever but I feel like it's kind of like that subtle like controlling like capitalistic like uh, mission that we are fed throughout our lives that it's like if you're unapologetically yourself and you you stand out and you're not blending in and you're like a you wear weird colors or your underwear on the outside of your pants or whatever the heck like villains do right then like you're fucking crazy and there's something wrong with you and you deserve to be like hospitalized or whatever and i think that that kind of narrative that we've seen in in villain like specifically comic book villain stories it's not true right like we've seen now in more modern times like i don't think this is the motivating reason why (laughs) um but a lot of like the disney villains they're now getting their own live action movie where we are humanizing them we're seeing the aspects of like what motivated them to become this evil figure what motivated them to become this grandeur person right and so thinking about the villain more in that way where it's like no matter how many times they are taken down and people hate them and 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 people don't like them like they still show up as fully authentically themselves and who they are and in fact they even like push it to the extreme of just being like the extreme version of themselves and like i was saying it's a little bit easier to show these examples with highly exaggerated people and and characteristics but i just kept seeing like the joker and how it's like he wears weird stuff like he does not look normal like he like everything that he does is on brand for him like his his girlfriend his goons his car his explosions his heists whatever he does it's so on brand like he's 100% him he creates his universe and his world and his the things that he is passionate about fully based off of himself and what what world he wants to see and yes of course it's at odds with what society what is best for society excuse me and like all these other types of things but it's just showing you like I was really thinking about this um, when this download came in and like that that common saying where it's like um, you you either die the hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And I think that looking at it from a different angle, this like saying, it kind of coincides with what I was just talking about. Like if you live long enough, like in real life, like if you live to be 100 years old, like you lived long enough to become the villain, it's because you've lived through so much shit and so many lies and so much like attempts of people to program you and fit you in a box that you're just like, I'm tired of doing that. I'm tired of trying to be everybody's hero to be what everybody else wants me to be. I'm going to be fully me. And that is portrayed as like the villain, right? Like now I'm this evil, like crotchety old person (laughs) who's like, get away from me. I don't want to deal with your nonsense. 
Nancy. Like, I don't know who Nancy is. <laughs> but it's just like, I think that that saying can be looked at from a different way where it's like, I I spent my whole life being the hero, healing myself and like creating a space to support myself and maybe like dying on swords for other people and doing what other people wanted. And now it's like, I'm too old for that shit. So I'm going to be the villain. I'm going to be selfish and be who I am and do what I want. And selfish doesn't need to be bad. Like if I say selfish and it triggers you, that's, you know, like that's something to think about. Like, what is your definition of selfish? Right. And so like, it's I think that this like looking at this saying from that way it kind of makes sense where it's like these villains they had so usually they have like really intense background stories and so do usually the heroes but they're like I'm just gonna be fully me I'm gonna be weird as fuck like I'm gonna be out here and do whatever I want and they the other thing that I really admire about these villains and like the energy that we can like take from them is like how much they believe in themselves too, right? Not only are they being authentically them, not like letting anything get in their way, like taking their everything to the extreme in terms of like their their life, what they surround themselves with, how they talk, how they dress, everything like that. But then there's also like the other part of it is they don't let anybody like tell them otherwise. They are just they believe fully in themselves and their heist and their like whatever mission or thing that they want to do, regardless of all the like reality, realistic times that they've failed. So it's like when you think about the Joker, he he's always trying to like cause some fucking chaos, right? Like blow up the city, kill people, whatever, like kill Batman, whatever it is. And it's like every single time, for the most part, Batman always wins. He always gets stopped he always gets put in jail or in Arkham Asylum, right? And that no matter how many times he has been like, he has failed, he has been like disheartened or his plan has been foiled. He just comes back with the same gusto and energy for his next thing that he's planning. And he believes like, I'm going to win every single time. And I think that that kind of energy is really like admire like is really something to be admired like instead of thinking it as like oh he's just crazy and like he just doesn't understand like obviously the things that he's doing I don't condone right but like this idea that if you fully believe in yourself and you get up every time you fall down and you believe that you're gonna succeed and what you're doing is completely right and what and is best for you like if you live through your life, like, with that kind of main character energy, you'd be freaking unstoppable, right? Like, nobody could tell you otherwise. You would fully believe in what your intuition is telling you and yourself and and believe in your capabilities and just keep going no matter what. Even if you failed, you know that you're going to make it this next time. If not, the next time. If not, the next time. Because it doesn't matter about how many times you have to do it. It just matters that you succeed and you get to do the thing that you set out to do instead of stopping yourself and never doing it. And I think that that kind of energy is really potent and really powerful to take with you in your life. Like if, if we can do one of those things to adopt that much faith in yourself, to to adopt the principle that no matter how many times I fail, I'm going to keep getting up and I'm going to keep fighting towards my goal or my vision, right? Like they usually have like some big grand like vision of the world and what they want their city to look like or whatever, right? Like, and I think that that is important too, like having a vision for yourself and for what you want your life to look like, or if you're a business owner or a healer, like what you want the world to look like with your business changing things. Like, I think that having that kind of attitude and that gusto is like, really, like, I'm awe inspiring, right? When you really look at it, like, despite what he's trying to accomplish and how he accomplishes it, like he's cooking up elaborate things. He's calling in other villains for help. He's creating community and collaboration. And He's thinking out of the box and and he's doing all these like really intense things. And it's like, it doesn't matter because all he cares about is achieving his goal or being happy or whatever it is that he wants. Right. And, and that is the cool part. Like if I could, if we like adopt that for our life, like asking ourselves, like truly, what do I want? What is my goal? What is my vision for the world? And just like stopping at nothing to do that, then like, there would be so much positive change in the world 
you know, and like I said, not the negative stuff. Like we're not, I'm not condoning like going out and murdering people and, and all these types of things. But like most, most of you like probably don't have that kind of like thought when I'm bringing up these things, but it's like, maybe you want to just be really successful. Maybe you just want to be really, truly happy in your body. Maybe you want to help other people find safety. Like if you just stopped at nothing to do that and you fully believed in yourself, no matter what obstacle came in your way, then we would all be super successful, right? Like, cause most people like they don't, they never start or they give up and that's why these things never change in their life. Um, and so it's just like, taking and embodying like ways that we can embody that villain energy to to like be our best self to like to be who we actually are and to be authentic so what I want for this episode and for you is to like kind of challenge yourself so in the beginning I talked about like thinking about your like ways that you have learned over time that people have told you to stop being who you were like think about a time when you were a kid and you did something and people were like don't do that think about like how for me like how I was saying like people would always tell me I talk too much in class like I got in trouble all the time for that people would tell me I was intimidating um because like I used to just like I was (laughs) I was the person that was like I'm tired I'm not gonna wait for boys to ask me out I'm just gonna tell them that I like them and ask them if they want to go out with me. Like at a certain point in my life, I had some traumatic thing happen with some boy that I liked and he was going to like move away. And I I was like, if I never tell him, he'll never know. And so then after that, I was like, oh, this isn't that bad. Like this rejection isn't that bad. So I just was like, okay, I'm just going to be fully myself. And I, I hate like waiting, like, oh my God, does he like me? Did he look at me? I hate that. I hate like being in my head about that stuff. So I just like will tell people like, and that's something I do all the time now. I'm like straight up like, yo, what's wrong? I'm getting bad vibes. Like, hey, is everything okay? Like, I feel like you've been avoiding me or it's like, hey, I like you. Do you want to go out with me? You know, like, so it's like, what are ways that we learned that we shouldn't be this way or we were told we're too much or too little or too whatever um, or not enough of whatever that we like have like either consciously or subconsciously seeped into our our framework for ourselves right like I was just sitting there and I was like oh this word choice is bad like who the fuck told me that like who told me that it's bad to use this word choice that I can't be the fucking super villain of my dreams that I can't see the world that way and and feel like that honestly like embodying like villain energy feels way more exciting and empowering to me than embodying hero energy right um, and I, I love to be like anti on trend and stuff. So like the fact that villains aren't popular, like makes it better for me. And like, <laughs> I'm just like, not everybody wants to be this. So I'm cool with that. Right. So thinking about ways, like take some time to journal and think about ways that you've been told. And this could be societally, culturally, or just like specifically to your life and your experiences, like more like small scale, right. With people and things like that. Um, and then think about like, what are your connotations with villains or like whatever, you know, word you want to supplement in there if you do believe in evil and things like that? Like what are, um, what are definitions that you have and how can you change it to help it be empowering for you? Um, and then how can you just like show up more authentically? Like if you were to be less of this or more of this, like, is it scary? Maybe do it a little by little. Like for me, I, would do um I really wanted to just like be out in nature but I was scared to look weird right like I was scared to be out in my neighborhood like sitting down meditating or like doing yoga or I was even scared to take up space right and I think that with this villain energy it shows us it's okay like take up all the fucking space like they take other people's space like they take other people's lives right like they don't give a fuck they're just like I'm gonna take up as much space as I want to be as loud as I want to be as disruptive as I want to and it's because it makes me happy and so it's like they're a great example of taking up space that like you you naturally you get that space you deserve that space like you own that space And so, like, I was afraid to even take up space by, like, playing, like, meditation music out loud in my neighborhood. And it's, like, there's fucking people, like, 
who bring their fucking mini speakers to the theme park. Like that kind of taking up space is just like the audacity for me. Like, I'm just like, really? You're here right now doing this. Seriously. Like there's already music playing at the theme park. Like, why do you need to bring your own music? But it's like, that's the kind of main character energy. And like, that's why I had that response. Like you just heard, like how I was like, seriously, like that's a trigger. Like that's me getting triggered because it's like, I wish I could take up that space and not feel so self-conscious about it and so when people take up space I'm just like really you really have to take up space right now you know so it's like looking at those things in your life that are like really triggering for you and like triggers don't have to be that intense it could just be I have a strong reaction that's a trigger right like you saw how I was like seriously like anything where you feel like strongly about something you have an opinion about a way that somebody is that's a trigger for you that's like some place where you can illuminate like why 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 do I get mad when this person does it? It's usually because like, we wish we could do it. We wish we could be that and we can't. So we get like, so bothered by seeing it put like being, it's basically being thrown in our face. So looking at ways that that kind of stuff has happened to you or is currently happening to you in your life and like addressing them. So like going back to original thing, like I was afraid to do that in my neighborhood. And then I slowly started doing it. And I found that like, for the most part, like people don't give a fuck. They just keep walking um and like the people that I do know they're just like oh hey I saw you like meditating or whatever it's like cool yeah like whatever like I I dance when I walk my dog now because I want to move my body and it's like who cares if I look weird while I'm walking and dancing and it's like maybe it gives other people permission like that's this idea of the villain energy right and I'm showing people like it's okay I can be exactly who I want to be and and I don't care about other people that's like my personal thing that I need to work on right so thinking about those things for yourself and what what maybe comes to mind or start journaling and see what comes through. Um, And then working on like putting on your villain persona, maybe you create like an alter ego or something that makes it a little hard, a little easier to separate. Like it's too scary for me to do this right now. So like my alter ego can do that though. Right. So it's like a space to slip in and out of an energy to slip in and out of, and you don't have to do this for everything in your life. It could just be, like I said, areas where you you need that support, where you need that energy, um, or maybe you just, like, want to be a full-on villain. Like, I kind of feel like that. <laughs> so I'm like, maybe I'm the villain. Am I the drama? Am I the drama? It's me. I'm the drama. <laughs> um, so that is definitely going to be, like, a huge thing. And just asking yourself, like, after you've done all that other work, like, where the fear is around that, right? That's what we do in shadow work. Where's the fear? How can I like remove this? How can I empower myself through this? Um, And like the last thing that I would challenge you to do is to think about like what you, what or who you are as your authentic self. So if you miss a piece of you that used to be this way and you, you've since like disconnected from it or like in my example, you find yourself like thinking a certain way in your head and embodying a certain energy in your head and then you automatically erase that. Like I'm not even allowing myself to express out loud who I truly am before I'm censoring myself, right? So we want to start to take apart those layers and and this is a process, right? So how I was talking about in the beginning, it takes smaller steps to get the bigger change. So it's okay if it feels like it's not working, if it feels like you're regressing. It's just about staying committed to it and keeping the work through it, uh, making sure that we're having the intention behind it. So for me, I'll still sometimes say certain things or do certain things that I'm working on. But then afterwards, like literally right after I'll be like, oh, I need to correct myself, my thinking. Oh, I need to, you know, like, so it's okay if it's a little bit of that in the beginning. And if it's hard in the beginning, try small baby steps. So like I did baby steps, like I would do go outside and be in, you know, the in the grass, like meditating for five minutes or do yoga for five minutes, do like two stretches or something, you know, and then now I just like don't give a fuck. So like taking those smaller steps to be yourself and, and pick something that is not as intense. Like for me, like the example that I'm using is like going out and meditating on my walk, you know, with my dog. That's not super intense, not super high risk. Like if I chicken out at any time, I can just walk, keep walking or go home. So pick something that isn't as like crazy at first, because that will feel easier for you to work through, um, at least like when your nervous system and 
when your body might be getting triggered or having some trauma arise around this, you don't want to pick something that's like really like, I'm just going to go and like quit my job. Like, (laughs) because I've always wanted to do this thing. Like if that's how you're feeling, do you, but like, don't force yourself to do that. Do what feels like attainable. Like it's not going to feel comfortable. It's not going to feel like, oh yeah, it can still feel scary, but like maybe the least scary or okay. Like I only have to do this for a minute and then I'm done, you know, like pick something like that, that you can work with yourself and it can be a process, right? Like we see with all these villain stories over time, they became the villain. So (laughs) over time, you're going to become the villain. Um, I want to make like a TikTok soundbite that's like, am I the villain? Is it me? (laughs) (laughs) just for this episode, like that's the theme for this episode. So, or maybe like if you create your alter ego, like asking yourself, what would my alter ego do in this situation? And then doing that, right? So there's tons of ways that you can make this work for yourself. Um, Or even if there's like, you don't want to have an alter ego, like if there's a villain um, or person that you're like, ooh, I wish I was like them. They're just so unapologetically them. They're so whatever, whatever, like inspires you, like insert here what inspires you. Like, think about that. Like, they have those, like, the the fucking um, religious, like, what would Jesus do? Like, that saying. Like, that's that's somebody they look up to. That's somebody they, like, honor and appreciate. And so they, instead of, like, thinking of what would my human person, me as a human do, they think, like, what would Jesus do? Because I look up to him. So it's, like, maybe creating your own what would Jesus do, like, thing where it's, like, what would the Joker do, right? What would Joker do? It's the same thing. <laughs> instead of Jesus, it's Joker. Um, But yeah, like it could be, it doesn't have to be a villain, but I think like just talking about it in terms of like people see that as the villain, like being yourself, being unapologetic, being authentic, being loud, being like whatever it is, is is usually villainized. Like I said, it's usually, oh, you're crazy. Oh, you're this. Oh, you're too much. Oh, you're like, you're a nasty woman, like all these things, right? So taking back those negative terms is kind of like the bigger metaphor that I'm saying, taking back those demonized or or ostracized negative terms and, and aspects of yourself and who you are um, and and reclaiming those in power, in the name of power, in the name of like authenticity. So if there is somebody like lots of people love Beyonce, like she just out here being Beyonce. So it's like, what would Beyonce do? Embody that kind of energy um so I'm really excited to see all this new change within you and I'm really just want to say like this can be hard so I support you and I see you and you're doing great sweetie and um just all the things like so if you want to reach out tell me how it went tell me how you found this episode if it resonated with you um or comment on our social media um I would love to hear all of that And again, if you want to become a patron or if you have ideas for what you would want to see in our Patreon community, I would greatly appreciate that. And until next time, bye! If you love Witchy and Weird podcasts, support us by donating monthly for as little as 99 cents at anchor.fm slash witchyandweird slash support. You can cancel at any time and 100% of the proceeds go directly to the pod. Or, if you don't want to commit to a monthly donation, buy Amanda a coffee at ko-fi.com slash wishyandweird to help fuel them while they record, edit, create, and upload content for the podcast. And if you're feeling extra generous, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and tell your witchy and weird friends about us too. Bye!